Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, January 20, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What a day it was today. So we have a lot to discuss. There's a lot to pick apart with the market. Everybody saw what was going on or everybody saw the result of what happened. Either way, let's pick it apart. The first thing we're going to do is start at the daily chart. We're going to go up and we're going to go down. There's a lot to learn from today's activity. The first thing that jumps off the page is they look like they're headed right for the 200 period moving average. Now keep something in mind. If they get close to it, sometimes they come up short, sometimes they spike it through. Either way, we'll get into more specific numbers, specifically for inside the number members tomorrow if they're trading down in the pre-market. We'll get granular. What else is jumping off the page? How about let's discuss Irene. Who's Irene? Irene is this number here, 451.14. It also comes from the weekly chart. We're going to look at that in a moment. You could see what happened yesterday. The close was well above, the low was above 451.14, but today they gave up 451.14. Just so you could see what would happen or what did happen on a short-term chart, they came up short of that spot. Everybody knows about that spot. When I mean everybody, the market internally has an idea of where that spot is. Traders know where that spot is. Algorithms are programmed around that spot, whether it's before it or whether it's under it, whether it's if they break that spot, sell them, or whether it's buy them up at that spot. Traders, programmers know about that spot. What they choose to do with that spot is their own business, but you can see what happened. Once they got below that spot, immediately the market just fell apart. We haven't been calling it Irene for nothing. Today was day one below Irene. Maybe they rallied back to try and recapture Irene. We'll see more about that later. Let's talk about something of the like, which is the 100 period moving average. I believe last night we talked about the fact that they got below it and closed below it yesterday. It's not out of the ordinary for them to try and rally back to recapture the 100 period moving average. They did that early in the day. They were having a rescue operation, somewhat of a short squeeze, whatever you want to call it. That's what was going on this morning. They rallied back, recaptured the 100 daily chart moving average, and then what did they do? They went up to run a test in the neighborhood of that breakdown candle high made yesterday. Funny how that works. From a weekly chart perspective, this is Irene. They're below the number. When I say this is Irene, I mean this candle here, which is a breakup candle. The low is 451.14. It's on a weekly chart. It's an important spot along with that 20-period moving average. So if they're giving them both up, then the door technically opens for the 50-period moving average, not necessarily the next day or the next week, but the door is open. 434, give or take, is on the table as long as they close the week below all that stuff by Friday's close. Now there's another number on the board. We're going to talk for a second if they're continuing down, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's into next week, where are some areas, some numbers where they might find support 
before they get to that 50 period moving average. While there may be beforehand, 438 is on my radar screen. It's likely a spike of 438, but that's really spot number one. Spot number two is 435.18. I flipped over to the daily chart. It's a gap right here. Whether they get there anytime soon or not remains a little bit of a mystery. There's a 200 period moving average on the daily chart above that. If they spike it through, that's a likely candidate if they were going to stop before that 50 period moving average on the weekly chart. What if they were going to spike through the 50 week moving average on a spike through what would be the number underneath from a bigger picture perspective on a real debacle happening in the market where nobody wants to step in front of the market. It's a falling knife. You know the story. What's that spot where they would run to below that 50 period moving average and likely find support? It's not much below, but 433 is important. It comes from a different reason. I'm just giving you numbers you can put on a sticky note if they're killing the tape, you know what to look for. What about the flip side? Let's say we wake up to a gap higher opening, they've solved whatever the issues were today, and the market is trying to stage a rally once again. What do they have to recapture to get anything going on the upside? Well, the first order of business is the big fat round number of 450 that they cut through like a hot knife through butter today. The next spot would be yesterday's close, I believe, at around 451.75. Exactly. I eat, sleep, and drink numbers. Without recapturing that stuff, no dice to the upside. The monthly chart is putting in a reversal candle. The month's not over yet, so it's not complete. I'm watching it. We keep our eye on it, and we take a look at the end of the month to see what happened. Remember, these things take a long time to unfold and develop. Let's take a look inside the numbers. We had a tale of two tapes today, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. So I want you to see how the day unfolded from an inside the numbers perspective. Where the important numbers were, whether they were meaningful or not, I urge you to double check the work back on the charts. Happy Thursday, they're trying the wounded cat bounce deal again. Yesterday it didn't stick. One of those times it will morph into a rip-your-face-off rally. That's an awareness. And today's numbers are 454.55 is an important spot the bulls would like to open above. If they can, it opens the door for some other stuff up north. We'll talk more about that stuff later. At the time, before they really started to get going in the morning, 451.46 was the line in the sand for lower stuff and another ugly tape for the bull side of the fence. Below yesterday's low is 451.14, which is the Irene number. You never know when you're going to need them, so I remind you when we're in the vicinity. We were still having a bullish or rally morning on our hands, but you need to know the Irene number just in case. Running a test is one thing. Getting below and closing candles below is another. Below Irene is a real-time type of thing. They did it into the end of the day. Anything goes into the end of the day. They basically killed them into the close. If you weren't already short riding it down, there's really nothing you can do. You can't short them in the hole. You'll get whipped out most of the time, not necessarily all the time. Today, they just went straight down in a straight line. Early on, at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, they used the phony jobs number to run a quick goose operation up north. 
That was the beginning of the would-be, could-be, should-be rally on our hands in the morning session. And we know something else. Whether we're in a bear market or a bull market, if they sold off the tape, relief rallies are garden variety market behavior. The market moves in both directions no matter what. Now check this out at 8.35. Put this on a sticky note. Before Friday's close, the bulls are going to use everything they can to muster to try and recapture 457.50. Just to get our faculties, this is a chart that includes the pre-market data. So here, where's 8.35 a.m.? So it's right down here. Here's 8.30. So the market was down at 453.50, 453.60, give or take, in that neighborhood when that post went up. That's 40 S&P handles from where I said they would try and get to. Five-minute chart, regular session activity, 457.50 is the horizontal line running across the screen. Here's the opening print today, 453.75. What did they do? They ran a test of 457.60. Now, if they stayed above and they started closing hourly above and then closed daily above, then that would have shot the market to 460. They didn't do that. Let's move along, see what else we have. 454.55, give or take, is important, magnetic and overhead resistance. So as they were going up, I'm giving you the resistance numbers, the numbers they're going to run to before they have to either make a decision and go back in the other direction or consolidate for a while, eat some time off the clock, do whatever you want to call it, and then go on to the next spot. We already know the short version. They went up to the 457.50. Here's something before the opening bell. Can a trader short 454.55, that was an important spot, give or take for a reaction back down in the other direction? My answer is, if they run up there quickly as opposed to creeping, yes, as long as you understand closing candles above would be the bullish scenario. It's a high-risk trade during the morning rush, but it's still an important spot nonetheless. Here's a three-minute chart so I can magnify it for you. So that trade did work. They went up a little bit higher but they did come down and made a low over here, for example, of 453.77. It was a scalp trade. They gave us five, six, seven, eight S&P or ES handles, whatever a trader wanted. That was the concept. Once they get back above, you're done. They're going higher. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. So by 9.35, traders who took the short have booked some profit. They come down more. So holding some for a bigger move is a good idea. So whether they do or don't, you don't know at the time, but you have to book some profit. That's how we treat it as a business. We turn trades from a scalp trade into a day trade and potentially more if that's what you want. It happens at times, but this is really a day trading scenario. So we take a scalp trade and you get five, six, seven S&P handles. That's a good trade. And if you're holding a piece of the trade and they continue going in your favor, it becomes what I like to call a risk-free, emotionless trade. So they start going back up and the day starts to unfold. If they keep pushing higher, the closer they get to 457 to 457.50, the more magnetic they will become, they meaning those numbers. 454.55 is the pivot. Staying above keeps the bull case intact. Getting below does not. There's a 15-minute chart. Sorry to jump around, but I want to show you a lot of stuff. 454.55, once they got below it, the rest was history. And this is interesting because in the afternoon, and you'll see this in the notes, you see what happened? They made a little attempt to rally. 
They ran up into these moving averages, and they were immediately rejected. When the market moves that fast, it's generally trying to tell you something. This is what that same move looked like on the five-minute chart. They make a move up really fast, and they immediately fail, and look what happened. Check this out on the five-minute chart. Here's a breakup candle low, or a breakup candle. They closed immediately, and two candles later, below that low, and look what happened. 454.55 was the pivot. They spent about 15 minutes there and then gave it up, and that was it for the end of the day. I'm kind of giving you the inside baseball look at what's inside my head as I'm reading the tape. These are the thoughts that were going through my head. I look at a wide variety of charts. Fives, tens, fifteens, thirties, sixty, one twenty, two forty, daily, weekly, monthly, all kinds of stuff. And there's more. So I see what's going on. I know that what happens on a shorter term basis morphs into a longer term basis. We all know that because we discuss that all the time. Let's see what else we have in the notes. So check this out. We know 457 to 457.50 was important. So the front end of that, 457. 10 o'clock, 457.01 high in a quick pullback. So you want to see evidence that something was important about right here. The line has moved down to 457. There's your touch. The high was 457.01, and they immediately pulled back. They couldn't get any higher. That tells you when that happens that whatever number it was that they made that high on or something in and around there, that's an important spot. When they run up there and they can't get through right away, the first touch is usually some kind of rejection. The bigger the rejection tells you one thing, a small rejection, eating time off the clock under that number tells you something different. All right, let's see what else we have. The longer they hang around just under 457, the more likely it is they will trade higher and through it. They did that. We had short-term supports. We had some traders that were scalping off that. Remember that discussion about the 100-period moving average? Here it is again, just bringing it up so everybody understands where we are from a big and small picture perspective. Now they started to come down. Again, read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts to double-check the work. And you'll see here, once they start closing candles above 457.50, the door opens for 460. They didn't do that. They couldn't really sustain price above. But we have something else that's also interesting. Again, pause the video, read the notes. I want to show you this thing that's really important. So this is important, 11.57. At the time, this is what we were looking at. The 240 chart depicts a big red candle as a low, and the next one to the right of it, green, as a possible reversal candle if it closes above 457.28. The irony is, it's right in the middle of 457 and 457.50, and has nothing to do with that number and the reason why it's important. Funny how that works. So they were trying to get above. They were trying to reverse that big candle, that big breakdown candle from yesterday. Well, what happened in the end is they couldn't sustain above that price. Let's take a look at the 240 chart real quick. This is what we were looking at before the last candle of the day. So here's that candle from yesterday. They were trying to reverse it, and if they closed above that candle, they start a whole new thing going on above this 200-period moving average, and then all of a sudden the door opens to make a run for that 20-period moving average, or at least 460, if not higher. That's just the way the market normally unfolds. 
the pressure is to the south side. This might sound familiar. We're going from a buy the dip market to a sell the rip market. Let's see what else we have. At the time, around midday, they were just going in a chop shop formation, eating time off the clock. And here's the thing. Pay attention to this one. Remember, this is a really important zone, which means it's a magnetic. It's overhead resistance. It's support if they're above. It's really important one way or the other. So on a really important zone, a really important number, you know, or at least I think, that Trick and Company makes an appearance the majority of the time. So here's what I said. This is a really important zone, and Trick and Company can always make an appearance to make it look like they're trading away, back down, only to come back later. Well, they did the whole thing except to come back later. So, and here's the most important thing. Hopping on near the highs is not the best idea on the board, which is why I stated the thing before. Kind of funny how that works. 106, 454.55 is still the pivot. Not sure if they get there, but if they do, it's a trade opportunity to the long side. That's about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Now we're back to the chart. Here's a five-minute one. Look what they did. They ate time off the clock over it. They tried to rally, came back. That took it certainly off the board. I was actually looking lower already since they already came close and started to eat time off the clock. I was looking down lower, but then when they started to fail, I basically took it off the board, and you'll see that later. Here's where it starts to look not so good. Didn't get to the pivot yet. Still okay for a bounce, but less likely I'll buy it. The more time goes past, the later they get in the day, the less I'm going to like the trade. And then here we go. By 205, no pivot, no spike of the pivot, no trade. That's where they just didn't get there. They were hovering over it. And at the time, if they stayed up, meaning they didn't make new lows on the day, they still had a chance for one of those higher low scenarios and then rally them up into the close, but obviously they went the other day. But they do that kind of thing all the time in what? In a bullish market. They don't do that all the time in a bearish market. In a bearish market, you'll see more of selling them into the close than you see one of those jam sessions rallying them up into the close. Know what kind of a tape environment we're in. They hit the pivot, so they started to find some stability. So here's the deal. Either that's a higher low for the day, or they fail. It's the pivot. Below the pivot, no good. And for the record, it was the manner in which they did it and the lateness in the day that prevented me from the trade. So some traders did get a scalp trade out of it. I just took a pass. And then you know what happened. Read the notes into the end of the day and go back and double-check the work on the chart. 317. Remember, 451.14, that's Irene. We had a list of stocks on the move, but the early rally that the market had prevented all of them from getting to their numbers. One came close, that was WRK early in the morning, a few pennies away, and then they rallied it. And then AMD must have come later. I haven't even seen that. We'll take a look at the chart. Here's work. Work, the price was 44 35 the low today was 44.44 look what happened that was a little bit of a shame a little bit of a heartbreaker and as the market was melting into the end of the day you see what happened here with amd the first number didn't work the second number did low of day happened to be 121.41 against 121.45 and they bounced but that's into the end of the day they were throwing everything out with the bathwater. nobody's taking a trade like this in the last half hour of the day and we did have a trade from Inside the Numbers Live that came up in the afternoon, 
And that was at 167.20 for Apple. Apple made a low over here of 167.15, started to rally up, and then the market failed, so it failed. But we did get a first profit off, and then we covered the rest at break even, so it was a profitable trade nonetheless. I think Jordan got about 50 cents or so in the room. Well, what's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, Irene is long and gone. They continued down. They've got the big fat round number. Low today was 200.33. It's a lot easier to look at the weekly chart at this point, and you can see what's going on here. They're headed toward, won't get there in one bite, but headed toward that spot we discussed last night, 191, maybe slightly lower, the 100-period moving average. That is a target. How they get there is a little bit of a mystery. Will they get there? Absolutely. And they'll go lower yet at some point. Monthly chart, they're coming into the 20-period moving average. Again, 199 and change. Again, 200, big fat round number. It wouldn't be out of the ordinary for them to hit it, spike it through, and then try and bounce off of it back above 200. That is normal garden variety behavior. Whether they spend a few days below it or not remains a mystery. You don't know. It's a monthly number. Closing the month of January below that number would be a really, really bearish thing, having not hit it in quite some time. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same thing as everybody else, tried to rally, gave up the ghost. Now two days closing below the 100 period moving average. That's not a good sign, that's a bearish sign. You have stuff going on here. You have a pivot low, 15, 423 and change. You have this pivot or this breakup candle low. So there's stuff going on, a 200 period moving average. There's a lot of reasons why they, A, will hit some stuff, and B, try and find some stability. What about the Qs, the folks out in Silicon Valley annexed over in Austin, Texas? I believe I had this line here yesterday at a gap at 360. Spiking through the gap takes you down to about 358.50. Anywhere in and around there should be garden variety support what they should do. And this is under normal market conditions. They should fill the gap spike it to make everybody believe the gap's not going to hold, and eventually, within a day or so, try and rally back to recapture the 200-period moving average. Under normal garden-variety conditions, something like that should take place. You also have a 50-period moving average on the weekly chart. Again, while it doesn't look like it, feel like it, they generally won't just cut through this stuff and keep going like a hot knife through butter. When's the last time they hit the 50-week moving average? How about back here in the pandemic sell-off in April of 2020? They cut through it in March, got back above it in April. That's the last time they paid a visit to the 50-week moving average. It should be garden variety support. Doesn't have to be on the nose, but that general area. What about the XLF? We'll stay on the weekly chart since we were just there. Look at this weekly breakup candle low, 39.32. Are they going to close the week below or above that? That's an important spot. Put it on a sticky note. We talked about from a daily chart perspective, 38, maybe a spike of 38. Fill this gap over here, 37.80, give or take. That's a general area, again, where there is good support. I don't know if they get there anytime soon, but if they did, we would expect a reaction back up in the other direction. What about Smash Mouth? The word fugly comes to mind. Again, same routine. This is a general area. 200 period moving average. 
You have an area that really was a breakout zone. It's in the same general spot. Weekly chart, breakup candle low, 272.84. That's the reason for that line. 50-week moving average below that. So somewhere in there, we're going to expect some kind of stability. They're going to try and rescue the SMH or the semis at some point. That's a good spot. Remember, you get big swings in both directions across all markets. We'll have more rallies. There'll be a rip-your-face-off rally. All that stuff is going to take place. I had a request to review the XBI. So when the request came in, it was trading around 95 or so, and that was today's session. I actually had two requests. They might have come from the same place. In the room, Jordan asked me about XBI, and then another member asked me later in the day through email, and I gave Jordan the answer. I'm going to give everybody the answer now. What I told Jordan in the room was, $90 is my support number. I didn't think they would get there today. They didn't get there today, almost. And if they traded right through 90, if the whole market was throwing everything out with the bathwater, where would they go? The next spot down, and that line represented, is 83.50. Much below that, i got to go back to the drawing board, but they should find support in that zone. Here's the monthly chart, and you'll notice the monthly 100-period moving average is just below 83.50. Now, when I calculate my numbers, it has nothing to do with where a moving average is or isn't. I just like to double-check after the fact, and if one is close by, it kind of holds a little bit more importance. It says, hey, if that thing's going to be magnetic, and my number's 83.50, then it would make sense on a spike through. Where would they go? They would go to run a test of the 100-period monthly chart moving average. So that's my story on the XBI. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.